Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. What's up? It's Kim. And this is Ketrin. From Kim and Kat's Stay Alive. Maybe. Available now from Dread. The maid. Ooh. Joy is the new maid of a royal house. <gasps> a royal house? Fancy. Whose previous maid disappeared under mysterious circumstances and is now haunting and terrorizing the family. Oh, no. Joy works to uncover the reason behind the former maid's disappearance. <gasps> Suspect. Mystery. The maid. Available on demand everywhere and on Blu-ray August 17th. Dread Podcast Network presents. What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, come on. You know I don't watch that shit. Why not? Too scared? No. No, it's just what's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. Kim and Cats survive. Stay alive, maybe. We're back from vacation. Yep. We're uh hi, nice to meet you. My name is This is hi. the longest we've ever gone in our entire lives without recording. Yep. Yeah. Even before we started the podcast. This was <laughs> this the longest true. time in our entire lives. Yeah. Uh, but we're here. We're back. We did it. Um and uh, I missed you guys. I missed Kim you was too. just very excited about whatever beverage she just had. Going. Dread sent us uh, a little package for the maid, and it comes with a Thai tea. And I, I was like, I'm going to drink that. this Thai tea, and it's delicious. Can you show it to me? Oh, okay. So it's like, got, it's a milky tea, basically. It comes with cream and sugar already in it. Ah, pretty sweet then, huh? I mean, have you ever ordered Thai tea from a Thai restaurant? No, I guess I haven't. Oh, not from a Thai I love restaurant. it. It's so good. Okay. Well, thank you, Dread. But also, I... yes, a little sweet. Okay. Uh, I just opened mine. That looks fun and creepy. The main. I, I love a Thai movie. Yeah. And a Thai tea, apparently. All this Thai from Yeah, turns. so it's out now. 
Yeah. Uh, how was your life and vacation? What's going on? It was good. Uh, it wasn't, you know, of like, I wasn't like in an overwater bungalow in the Maldives with mm. my husband. You know what I'm saying? It was like a vacation mm-hmm. with an asterisk at the end of it. Um, I was in my vacation spot with my family, but we were there for my grandfather's funeral. Right. And then two days before his funeral, my aunt died. Right. <laughs> so it was, they were both, you know, my grandfather died in January from COVID. Um, and then Babby, my aunt, uh, his sister, I think was just, she was the last one. She didn't. Yeah. They were both like anymore. almost 100, right? Yeah. FB died like two weeks before his 98th birthday, mm-hmm. again from COVID. Um, healthy as an ox, other than that. So that's a bummer. Uh, and then Babby died at 96. So yeah, I have, I have good long standing genes. Um, so we were there for that. And uh, it was a very illuminating trip. I think an interesting thing that happens when you really start to uh, dive into the things that make you you and try to decide, like, what do I, guys, (laughs) (laughs) what do I, like, what do I... (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't. I'm trying. I'm trying to be. We haven't recorded it so long, and I forgot that our video screen doesn't mirror. So I was like fixing my hair. She was fixing her hair. A comb over situation. I don't know. But just made it. Just made it stand kind of straight up, like like something about Mary style. (laughs) I'm so sorry to interrupt your very important story. It's (laughs) quite all right. Something about Mary hair. <laughs> something about Mary. Something about oh, Mary. Crack, crack, crack. Isn't it? Something about Mary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I don't. What was I talking about? Oh, just you dig into you your know, life. It's so whatever. It. You know. You just start to notice like the where the patterns were created, mm-hmm. if you will. Big time. Uh, and um, you. St- it's like. I kind of feel like what it felt like being at the Cape was like I took off a pair of like sunglasses and was just like, like they blinded. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> but that would be the opposite. Like I feel like I was putting on the sunglasses and seeing everybody's trauma actually. But it okay, was more right, that right, like right, 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 opposite. Like I took off the sunglasses and everybody was just like walking balls of trauma myself included (laughs) you know but yes it was very much like a they live situation um and so you know it's also really interesting having eric there because like he's very close to my family but also like obviously didn't didn't, grow up in your family didn't grow up in my family um so yeah it was illuminating and like exhausting like when i got home i was like I need a vacation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, and then I dove headfirst into uh, filming my reel again, which was cool because one of the things that I really leaned into at the Cape was like 
being 100% myself and a lot of the things that uh, the way that I live my life where I'm just, you know, didn't choose the most stable career, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, don't have kids and I have lots of tattoos and my hair was blue, like kind of all the things that I would have been chastised for. And this time I was just kind of like, I mean, this is me. Uh, so it was very, it was very liberating. Um, and uh, I guess it was a positive experience. Snaps to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And on to you, Ms. Burns, <laughs> and your vacation with an asterisk. Yeah, also an asterisk. <laughs> Mine was for work, but it was to Ibiza. So uh, I don't yeah. know if I've talked about like what my new job is, but I started working as an assistant to um, Saul de Simone, who's like an amazing spiritual guide and meditation teacher, author. Like, um, you can follow him on Instagram. It's like S-A-H-D-S-I-M-O-N-E. And, uh, like, if you want, like, daily wonderful motivation, he's, like, very fun to follow. He's, like, queer and brown and all about, like, like the brand, for lack of a better word, is called Spiritually Sassy. So it's all about, you know, being truly yourself, like you, Ketrin. Um, Thank you. And still being able to be spiritual. And he's, like, super trained um, in, like, Buddhism, like, with all the fucking monks and ashrams and stuff like that in India and stuff. Um, So, like, really knows what he's talking about, but then, like, brings it to the modern world where he's, like, oh, like, we don't all have to, like, be monks to, like, be spiritual. Like, you can be exactly who you are, whatever that is. And so he's, like, you know right and does a lot of ecstatic dance and things like that so it's really 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 awesome and like so in alignment with like me and who I am and things I want to do in the world so and And his language is really palatable like I think that's a big thing oh my gosh completely yeah like he just makes like bite-sized things that are really easy to like take in and are encouraging and you Mm -hmm. know like inspirational and educational is like always what he's trying to do so um and he's amazing. Like exactly once you if you follow him, you'll like see who he is and like who he is online is exactly who he is in person. So like he's wonderful to work with. And it's just like the job just fell into my lap. I feel so blessed. Um quite literally. Yeah. And it's just awesome. And, you know, I help run his podcast and so many things. I just do all the things. All the things. Uh so part of the things were running a retreat in Ibiza. And so I got to go and assist there. And to be honest, I worked all the time. <laughs> yeah, yours was like a vacation with like a double asterisk, I would say. <laughs> For sure. Because we were like up early to meditate and then kind of like I was just like there all day nonstop plus like any stuff we had back home to take care of. So yeah, but it was beautiful and really fulfilling and all the students like had like life-changing experiences and like I got to be part of that and like assist in like the work as well in addition to like the business side of things so that was really cool and um yeah there's some retreats hopefully we're going to Greece I think 
later this year and some other ones. Later and- this year, do you mean during my birthday? Is that the later this year that you meant? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it's during I my birthday. I mean specifically over Ketrin's birthday. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'll be in Greece, so sorry. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and it's just awesome. I'm just so happy. Like, I work nonstop, and there was other many things that were, made it really busy before I left, and then other things that made it really busy when I came back, and so I was just, like, kind of working nonstop all the time, but it's nice when you like what you do, so yeah, that's, that's cool. Huge. That's um, huge. It's definitely fulfilling, but I, like, needed a two-day nap. Especially yeah. after, yeah. like, we were planning on coming back a week ago, and I text Ketrin and was like, I don't know, like, what insanity I thought I was doing coming back, like, Monday at midnight and recording from Spain, and then, like, recording a couple days later and being all jet lagged yeah. and stuff. I was like, I need another week. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, yeah. So, thank you to, to our Sammies that were so sweet and we're like are they okay uh, i know we're, we're fine okay. we just we just had shit to do and i guess we should say we're taking a couple uh maybe a couple maybe two, maybe weeks. two weeks off in august as well and mm-hmm. that is for a vacation for both of us with no asterisks yeah so that'll be that'll be fun we're going away with our girls um yeah we'll be on that'll that be great. together yeah, this one, it was more just like Ket- the day Ketrin came back was like the day that I left. So just like that's why it was so long because like, yeah, they just happened to timing wise lay out like that. So, yeah, but it was good times. We're excited to be back. We hope you enjoyed the live shows. Like if you hadn't already seen them, I think they're really fun. Yeah. So they're uh, so fun. <laughs> I can't wait to do more. I love them so much. My <laughs> the most recent episode has one of <laughs> my favorite clips. My favorite clips of all time. Yep. Where Kim drinks a jar of pee I'm going to drink pee-pee. <laughs> Ketrin's reaction is like it's the best thing ever. <laughs> it just makes me In so leprechaun. happy. leprechaun. Yeah. So good. Uh, so I don't so, know. That's us. Like, should we do a yeah. fucking movie? Let's do it. Ah! Uh, So I pick this one and, you know, I'm not even sure because we've been apart for so long. I'm not even sure that Kim like knows this, but you do know that I will get sort of like uh, obsessed with a TV show that I've already seen all the way through. And I'll just that'll be the thing that I kind of like have on in the background all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one that I something recently, I will never do. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's the opposite of how Kim rolls. Um, so the one that I have been yes. Can I tell you a side note though about watching yes. shows? <laughs> yes, please. Uh, more so specifically for like background shows, I, I put on mm-hmm. like light comedies, kind of for like kind of to fall asleep, which is so bad i need to stop that habit it's what, but it's, it's, it's what i do too but yes yeah um so netflix suggested good girls oh with um christina hendrick yes and may whitman yes and, and uh yeah. red yeah and uh so i put it on do you know who is in that who adult daddy matthew lillard Hi, are you fucking, how did I fucking miss that? I didn't know that he was 
I didn't know. And I, I, but I've been watching it and I was like, wow, I gotta, gotta tell Ketrin about this. There's someone else in it though that I'm just like, hi. Hello. Who's the, who's the hi hello? Uh, well, you'll understand why when you watch it because he's like, the leader of the gang and has like dads oh, and he's like the bad boy and stuff like yeah. that. I don't know who so, the actor is. So he's he's uh <laughs> he's uh Kyle Gallner, Edward Furlong, uh all Edward Furlong dudes. and Terminator too. Yeah. 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 Uh Manny Montana is his name. Oh yeah, I don't know why I asked. Soup's I cute. But uh yeah, Matthew Lillard. And I was like, what's up, dude? I love what are you doing so much. So much. So yeah, that makes me really happy that he's working. Christina Hendricks' husband. Did I say that already? No, you didn't. But I yeah. figured he was probably somebody's. Good so that's job, that's a gift show. for you, Ketrin, and anyone Thank else you. who's looking for some Matthew Lillard in their life. I love it. Well, I have been falling asleep to uh, Veep, which ah. is one of my all-time favorite shows of all time, and there that show is so jam-packed like every single solitary syllable is hilarious so it's like you get new things out of it every single time you watch it Mm -hmm. and uh i have recently fallen in love with one of the characters uh that i always liked but like because i've watched it so many more times i'm like getting more of him uh he plays uh richard splett and so I said, interesting, I believe he just came out with a horror movie. So I watched Werewolves Within, directed by Josh Rubin, uh, written by Mishna Wolf, and starring Sam Richardson, who I know from Veep. And I love him, and it was delightful. So this is a satirical horror comedy. If Ooh, you fun. Yeah. Uh, are you ready? I'm There's ready. a lot of dead or alive, so Great. I apologize. Uh, Finn. Dead. Cecily. Alive. Uh, Trish. Dead. Pete. Alive. Uh, Devin. Dead. Joakim. Alive. Uh, Parker. Dead. Doctor. Alive. Uh, Janine. Dead. Okay. Off to the races. Here we go. We begin this horror movie uh, with a common horror movie trope a mr rogers quote (laughs) okay and the quote is as follows follows the quote is as follows listening is where love begins listening to ourselves and then our neighbors mr rogers mr rogers i mean that mr rogers had so much truth inside of him and he continues to be true He was a Buddha. He was amazing. So, nighttime. Woods. Snow. Oh. Old Mansion Inn. So, I would... Old Mansion Inn? uh, Old Mansion. 
in i n n yeah i got that oh okay so what didn't you get i guess i get it (laughs) (laughs) so it's an in but it looks like a mansion you got it okay okay and I, i dare say is a mansion doesn't just look like one it is one okay but get, but it's made for guests to come and stay. Now, I bet it was refurbished as such. I, I bet at one see. time it was a single family home and now it is a multifamily business. I see. I'm just not used to mansions being multifamily businesses. I'm used to sure, them being single sure. family homes. So it was a little I confused. Mean, I think that was where my confusion lied. But I also think that maybe that's the appeal, you know? Sure. People getting to stay. Anyway, uh, I would like let's, you to picture either our own. Again. I love it. Haven't been there oh. because <laughs> my grandmother died and I had to fly home or was dying, was on her deathbed, and I had to spur of the moment fly home. And you and Dylan went to Idlewild for a film festival that our film that we made was in. And I think we won awards, but I wasn't there. I know you think I was there. (laughs) You always think I was there. I wasn't. I I will never not think you're there. I will never not think you're there. Literally flying to Philadelphia to hold my grandmother's hand as she took her last breath. We are going to be... My mom's age in a nursing home. <laughs> and I'm going to go, do you remember when we went to Idlewild? And you'll be like, I don't. I wasn't there. That's what it's going to be. Okay. I, well, I, you know where I have been, though, is Lake Arrowhead. And I bet it's a similar vibe. Yes. It, I Yes, it is. So, yes. So, Lake Arrowhead slash Idlewild vibes, where it's like this quaint little town. Right. Um, which I'm telling you because I don't want you to think of like snow space, right? Like, right, it's, like it's a town, but small. Yeah, and people go there to be quaint and. <laughs> so- <laughs> they all just squish their faces and body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, we now see that there is an old man standing out by a tree outside the old mansion inn, and he appears to be reading text messages on his phone and kind of playing with his wedding ring. And then he hears something in the woods rustling. He says, hello. He's looking around. And he's trying to crawl away and he's screaming for help and he's yanked away. Cut to screaming. And we realize it is our friend, Finn, played by Sam Richardson, and he is in a car driving, screaming. And then we realize he's listening to a self-help tape (laughs) to help him to be manlier. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Masculine, asterisk. Uh, and he's driving and he's being a sweet little self and like cars are like zooming past him. And honking at him. And he's like kind of talking to the cars being like, well, uh, I'm going the speed limit. So if you're zooming past me, you are breaking the law. (laughs) And then we like hear the tape and it's like, 
now start chanting our chant or whatever. And he just starts going, balls, 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 balls. And she's like, see, it feels good to shout balls. And then he kind of is like getting up his courage. And so he calls someone on the phone and he's like, hi, love. I mean, Charlotte. I mean, hi, just let you know I'm on my way to my new post. And we see it that he drives past a sign that says Beaverfield, Beaverfield. And he's like, so, you know, just give me a call or don't. I mean, no, you know what? Actually do. This is me saying what I want. And I want you to call me. Love you. Don't. I mean, I don't. I mean, goodbye. Oh, no. That's a real swingers voicemail. It is. And then he hangs up and he just goes back to balls, balls, balls. <laughs> I love it already. I meant. Yeah. It's it's so cute. So he drives up to Beaverfield Mansion Inn and from the beginning. And he uh, goes up to a girl who's like sitting in the main part and she's like reading a book and he's like, uh, hi, do you know where the innkeeper is? And she like doesn't put her book down. She just points kind of in like an ominous way. And we see that the innkeeper is this woman named Janine and she's sitting at the bar talking to an old uh I'm going to say old man because he has gray hair, but like he's a very virile old man. He's a big, hulking, strong guy. Um, and the man is talking to her about the pipeline and like how much money it will bring into the town to have this pipeline going through it. Mm. And he's trying to get her to agree to sign over her land. He just needs a signature. And she kind of like laughs to herself and is sort of like, you know, the irony is that I have an environmentalist doctor on the second floor right now who's telling me the opposite. Um, And he's just sort of like, I got smarter guys than that on my payroll. (laughs) Finn comes up and he introduces himself. And the innkeeper, Janine, is like, let me make you at home. Uh, He introduces himself to Mr. Parker, who's the pipeline guy. And pipeline guy is like, I'm the pipeline guy. And Finn says, oh, my gosh, that's so funny. I'm actually, this is my post. I'm supposed to be here for the duration of construction of the pipeline. Basically to, like, you know, make sure they don't break any rules or intimidate people or whatever. I don't know. Protesters, probably. Uh And then Finn kind of like looks down at the map that Mr. Parker is showing him and the music gets ominous. And Finn just says, wow, it's a real shame to do it so close to national forests. And then Finn, uh, Mr. Parker kind of like blows himself up and gets kind of intimidating. And he's like, a man who doesn't want to conquer nature doesn't understand how brutal it is and then balls balls and then finn loses his balls he's like oh oops i'm sorry i wasn't trying to say like oh shit what a shame like i'm threatening you blah 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 and then janine comes up and is like can i take your bags and he's like oh yeah sure and we see janine carrying 
all of his bags <laughs> up the stairs, knocking pictures off the wall, cracking them. And Finn is just kind of like, I could help with those. And she's like, I got it. And um, uh, she's telling him, she's like, I'm the only one with food in the town right now, which is great for my business, but there's a big storm coming. So like a lot of people went back down the mountain basically because the storm was coming. Um, And she's like, but you know, there's some customers in the cafe want me to make you some food. And then we hear someone from downstairs be like, Janine, there's customers. And she's like, okay, I'll be right down. I'll make them sandwiches. The girl that was reading the book and was also the one who just called Janine comes up the stairs as well. And we see that she's in like male person pants and it is the girl from the AT&T commercials right now. Oh, yeah. Milana Vantrobe. Um, She's fucking delightful. Uh, That's sort of like, she kind of is like that awkward sort of like manic pixie dream girl kind of vibe. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm, whatever um <laughs> and uh Catherine has an issue with that i do anyway uh it's it's a i can't get into this but you know what ask me about my feelings about the manic pixie dream girl stereotype some other time uh <laughs> okay i'm so sorry yeah we struck a chord folks yeah we did Bling! that was the chord uh so she says, she's like, oh, I actually have mail for the new ranger. Um, and so he opens it and he's reading it. And he's like, I'm writing to inform you of Emerson Flint's commercial trapping activity. Contact local authorities. Sincerely, Dr. Jane Ellis, Ph.D., DVM, professor of zoology and environmental studies, room 207. And he like looks around. It's like 207. And he's like, looks like I have my first case. And he's <laughs> <laughs> so cute. He's so cute. Also, 207 is my grandma's address, and I have it tattooed on me. Aww. Eric is going to murder me because I don't remember how to talk in front of a microphone. <laughs> yeah. Just keep hitting it. Yeah, you, you have hit it quite a few times. Quite, quite a few times. Let me just maybe move it and see how that goes. So he's like, all right, I'm going to go over to this Emerson Flint's house. And a male person who we learn, her name is Cecily, is like, I can show you where he lives because she's the male person. And they're both just awkwardly adorable. And she's like, OK, well, uh, get your ranger gear or whatever you, you need. And, burp, 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 burp. and he's like, OK, I will. You're, you get your mail or, <laughs> you know, so that's them. OK. <laughs> and so they're leaving. And we learn that she lives in the mansion inn. And she's like, yeah, Janine won't let me leave. Like, basically, I was stationed here. And so I was staying in the inn for a little bit till I found a place. And just kind of, like, helping Janine, you know, make people food or clean out the rooms. And then she was like, why don't you just stay? And, like, your rent can be helping me. And, uh... And then she stops and she's like, and you want some hot goss? And I was like, yes. And she's like, her husband ran off with the bar lady and hasn't been seen since. I heard they went to Belize. Ouch. So she's like, I mean, that's why she's like, can you please live with me in my inn? Because she's lonely and sad. So 
now they're just like walking and talking and we intercept them. It cuts to them at another part of her route and they're talking about snowshoes. And Cecily is like, do people really use snowshoes? And you know what snowshoes are. They're the tennis rackets you put on Mm -hmm. your feet, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, Finn is like, well, actually, they are the oldest and most effective for traversing ice and snow. (laughs) And and Cecily is like, you'll fit right in here. Everyone is a little questionable, is what she said. And just being like, you're quirky, you're weird. Uh, So they're walking through the town. And like, as she drops off mail, she like knows the hot goss about everybody, um, which honestly made being a male person like kind of appealing to me i bet you learn a lot of shit about people so we come upon uh devin and joaquin uh devin is cheyenne jackson who is someone else that i love who played danny in 30 rock he is a broadway star and he most recently is playing Hades in the Descendants movies on Disney, which Eric and I love and listen to on repeat. Those movies are for children. We don't give a fuck. Um, And Cheyenne Jackson is hot as fuck. You should probably follow him on Instagram uh, Mm, for just daily thirst traps. Daily fucking thirst traps. Actually, I'm going to need you to actually look up Mr. Cheyenne Jackson right now. Oh, I know who that is. Mm -hmm. What do I know him from? American Horror Story. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, just the daily thirst traps. It's either like pictures, cute pictures of his twin kids or thirst traps. And he literally is just like, no, no, no. Like, I work really hard to be hot. So you're welcome. Good for you. (laughs) I love it. Um, Oh, look at his cute family. So cute. Really cute family. Um, it was actually through his Instagram that I learned about this movie because I saw him uh, on his Instagram, like, filming it. Uh, and I was like, oh, what's that? So so here's what we learned. Uh, Joakim is uh, from What We Do in the Shadows. He's Guillermo in What We Do in the Shadows TV show. Love. Yeah, I mean, Kim, this was, like, my cast, okay? This was, like, it, the movie didn't even need to be good. So... They walk by a window and it's like Joakim uh, like holding Cheyenne's or uh, Devin's leg up in the air. And Cecily is like, so he's a tech millionaire. Joakim is. And that's his husband, uh, Devin, who owns and runs the yoga studio in town. So like basically they are super wealthy transplants from the big city. Like that's their small town stereotype. Okay. And... uh. Uh, Joakim comes up to the window and is like, hi! And then Devin comes up and is like, just leave the mail in the box, thanks! And like closes the curtains. <laughs> so they keep walking. Then we come to our next little vignette. We meet Gwen, who is the town mechanic. And uh, they walk up and Gwen is just like real aggressive right away and so she sees cecily and she's like i know you got my starter and my fuel injector and cecily's like um it hasn't come yet also like i don't i'm just the male person literally i'm just the messenger (laughs) and then her husband marcus pulls up 
And uh, Cecily, like, looks at Finn and is like, you're going to want to watch this. And it's basically just them, like, screaming at each other about him being late and just, like, freaking out at each other. And they're just kind of, like, watching. And then uh, he's like, are you the new ranger in town? And he's like, are you two police? And she's like, nope, I've met you many times. I (laughs) deliver your mail every day. Every day. Every single day. Um. And then Gwen, like, starts chasing Marcus around the lot. And she and, she, and he goes, she's had too much soda. Save me. <laughs> what? This is a quirky very, bunch, eh? It's very silly. Yeah. Um, then they keep walking. And then we hear, like, an, old, like a, an older housewife who I recognize as well, but I forgot to look up what I know her from. Uh, her name is Trish, and we just hear from across the street, and she's like, are you the new ranger? And Cecily says to Finn, and may I introduce you to Stephen King's very own Trish? And she's like, what did you say? And she's like, I said Beaverfield's Queen Trish. And she's like, I own Anderton Maple Farm for 90 years, but crafting is my passion. <laughs> and she, <laughs> I was like, hit me. Um <laughs> And she, like, pulls out this, like, doll. She's like, I made this for you. And it's, like, a soap bottle that, like, has, like, stick arms. And she's like, it's you. And he's wearing, like, a ranger jacket. (laughs) Okay. And Finn's like, thank you. But, like, kind of charmed by it because he's Mr. Rogers. Like, he's so sweet. And I just wrote, she's fully insane. Uh, Then we get a sense that she's also racist. Uh, because she's like, you can put it on your tree, your Christmas tree, or your Kwanzaa tree. And he's just like, no such thing. Like, he just kind of, like, talks under his breath. Mm. And then, like, the husband comes over with Chachi, their little long-haired chihuahua, and he kind of, this is Pete, and he kind of, like, grossly gropes at Cecily, like, in a way that she's like, no, thank you. And so, yeah, and so Finn picks up on it, like, intercepts to be like, Hi, nice to meet you. Finn. He's great. Oh, Finn is like feminist AF. It's great. Um, and then, you know, he's in a ranger suit. So then Pete salutes him, but salutes him with his left hand. And uh, I didn't know this. And Finn goes, ooh, never the left. And Pete goes, you got that right. Never the left. And Finn's like, not what I meant. Okay, moving on. Not the, meaning right, right, oh. right. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, and uh, he gives him maple syrup, and then runs back over to his yard because he sees that we had he had like a campaign sign on his. Uh, yard but someone knocked it over and put like a big x through it and he's like super pissed about it Mm. and he's like that it's probably those damn antifa or the liberals who did it (laughs) and yeah yeah yeah. and as he walks away cecily is like he boned gwen in their sugaring room gwen is the mechanic so like cecily just has all the hot guys okay and uh as they're walking, uh, they walk past this big, giant, like, phallic torch, like a decorative 
torch. It kind of looked a little bit like Jeff Bezos's penis rocket. <laughs> Similar vibe. Okay. Um, but it's like blue and it says whatever the pipeline company is called. And it literally mm. is like spurting fire. Okay. Interesting. And so this is where um, Cecily tells Finn about the pipeline. She's like, half the town wants the pipeline for the cash because there's not a lot of money that comes in and out of here. Right. And half the town want to save the trees. So there's a big fight. Um, as they're walking, she asks about his family. And he's like, I just have a sister. And she's like, oh, my gosh, you're so lucky. I'm one of seven, the youngest. Um, me and my sister, Irish twins, born in the same year. year. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, so do this math with me. So, like, let's say uh, Irish twin number one is born in January. Right. That mom then gets pregnant within the next three months. Within the next three months. To then have it be born by December at the latest. I hate that. Like, I, I hate that. Like, honestly, like a horror movie for me would just be like a year in the life of a mom of Irish twins. Like, that sounds like my fucking nightmare. I can't even. Because at least with like twin twins. Yeah. You plan for it and your vagina's ripped apart the once. But this one, it's like your vagina's ripped apart. It's healing and then we're going to rip it apart again. I mean, I think that's what happens when you have multiple kids, regardless of I, Irish or not. I stand by my point. <laughs> Besides it being within the same year, I think that I think that would happen just again a, a year later, too. I think it's just more Two like... Years later. Three years I, later. What, it's, it's not the... I shouldn't have said yes. I was more talking about like... I can't imagine wanting like a penis inside of me again within oh, three months within of having months. a child. Oh, I see, I see, I see, I see, I see. Like I can't imagine that. And then just like having a baby on my breast, and then like also like yeah, I having a baby. I know. Yeah. No, that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. Um. Anyway, You're just like so, here, just I'll lay you on your brother or sister. Uh, I, <laughs> while you, I hate it. I hate it. I can't. Yeah. And then some people breastfeed for two years. So now you have like two kids at developmentally different places feeding off both your boobs. Yeah. Get me a wet nurse. (laughs) Um. (laughs) I can't do this. I'm glad. Well, it's good to not. It's good to know what you don't want. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, okay. So she's one of seven. Me and my sister are Irish twins born the same year. She's the youngest. And she hands him the package. So now they're at Emerson Flint's remote, remote home. Like, this is a dude that does not, it, he wants to live off the grid, grid. Like, I was, you know, hoping he was, we were going to open the door to Devon Sawa, Daddy Devon Sawa. Hi. This is, this is the vibe. Okay. And she's like, can you bring him the package? Like, he likes to know who's around. And, of course, Finn is like, oh, okay, that sounds great. And she's like, you might want to read the – and he picks up his phone 
and he's like, hello? He thinks it's Charlotte. Charlotte. And we see that the sign that he walked by and, like, missed says, you will be shot. No! Yeah. And she's just like, "Uh, I'm sure I'll be fine. (laughs) And we see that, like, he doesn't have any reception. And so then he walks past another sign that just says, don't. That's all the sign says. (laughs) Don't. And, And then the call drops. And as he's trying to call her back, he walks past yet another sign that says trespass and die. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> so Emerson Flint d- doesn't like to, to be beat around the alone. bush. Yeah, exactly. So we see the cabin and it's suddenly snowing very hard, blizzarding from like the beginning of the driveway to the end. We now have a snowstorm. I guess it could happen. It could start snowing pretty hard onto the porch. And he's kind of like, hello and like looking around and then he kind of opens like a leather curtain basically that like is hanging on the outside of a wolf head and it's a stuffed wolf head and he's like oh my god and then man dressed in a full wolf comes up onto the porch with a shotgun he's like wearing you know pelts and pelts on pelts oh pelts yeah not not like costume not like a wolf (laughs) from spirit Halloween. That's yeah. what I thought you said. Yeah. No, actually, if you, yeah, if you could just picture that, that actually is better. That's, That's great. all I was picturing. <laughs> and great. I assumed that, that that was like the mask part was was the right. thing that he just got scared by. No, it's more it's more that uh so it's a tax it's a it's a taxidermied wolf head in the window. And then Pelts on pelts on pelts. Not on Mr. Amistad to Flint. the spirit Halloween wolf costume that Correct. this gentleman is wearing. Gotcha. Correct. Yes. Yes. It would be better my way. I, honestly, I do too. That's that's how I'm going to rewrite the movie <laughs> in my head. And so before Finn can even pull out his gun, Emerson has a shotgun to his chest, ah! like on his chest, and. Finn is just like, well, uh, quick draw. <laughs> like he's, he's <laughs> so cute. And so uh, Flint says, you have 30 seconds to leave. I don't acknowledge your authority. So question one, what do you do? And what does Finn do? I'm going to be like, hi, I'm the new ranger. I was just living your mail. My name is this. Bye. <laughs> okay. And run away. Okay. Um, I think he like kindly introduces himself and is also like, hi, I'm delivering your mail. One and a half points. Uh, he does closer to what you do where you're like, here's your package. Okay. Bye bye. (laughs) Uh, and Finn, I think a little bit more tries to be like, hey, hey now. And like he cocks his gun. He's like, okay, there's your package. Bye. You know, so. And he runs back to Cecily. And he's like, that is not my kind of guy at all. Which is the the neighborly kind. That's my kind of guy. And uh, so now we cut to the next scene. Uh, Full disclosure, it took me no less than 25 minutes to figure out what the fuck I wrote. I wrote lighting up a barcode. Could not figure it out. What I meant was turning the lights on in a barcade, a bar plus arcade, but it auto-corrected to barcode. A barcade. 
Barcade. Yeah. So Cecily goes in. It's a shut down barcade. Uh, but she's like, in exchange for bringing their packages inside in the off season, uh, I have run of the place and their kitchen, basically. Hmm. So she is like, put something on the jukebox. And goes into the back. And so we have, like, arcade games, a jukebox, an axe-throwing alley. There's, like, yeah, there's, like, a big, but there's, like, a dozen axes on this, like, holder kind of thing. And then, like, two lanes. And he's, like, looking for something on the jukebox. And he picks... I saw the sign. (laughs) And it opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. And... As this is happening, she comes out of the kitchen with, like, two beers and is, like, dancing to the sign. And he's just, like, heart, eyes, heart, eyes, heart, eyes, heart, eyes. So, did I ever tell you that my fifth grade boyfriend, Chris Mathai, shout out to Chris Mathai, who I still talk to on Facebook sometimes. He's such a sweetheart. Uh, That was our song. Cute. I didn't know you not had to be conf- fifth grade boyfriends. I did. That well, that was when I was still cute. Like, not I hadn't gone through my awkward phase yet. Oh, I see. Um, but I still had the same old badonkadonk because our other song was the one he dedicated to me at Camp Womito, which was "I Like Big Butts." Camp Womito. Yeah, it was the camp we went to. Wow, it was our fifth grade trip, and he 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 uh, dedicated "I Like Big Butts" by Sir Mix a lot. So had to go up to one of the teachers chaperoning a fifth grade class <laughs> camping trip and said, I'd like you to play Sir Mix-a-Lot's I Like Big Butts and dedicate it to Lauren Porter, a fellow fifth grader. And then the teachers said, OK, and did it? Yes, they did. <laughs> That's special. That is inappropriate. Uh those lyrics are not for fifth graders. Uh, anyway. Hi, Chris Mathai. So montage of her dancing with two beers and he's like, I love her. They sit down and they're like, Beaverfield? Like being like, what brings each of you to Beaverfield? And, uh, oh no, I guess she asks him and he's like, oh, it's really embarrassing. And he's what? like, I was trying to be cool at my last station but these guys on the force or whatever convinced me to fish grout pond without a permit which i did (gasps) and then they posted it to social media (gasps) he was just trying to be whatever your name is i don't know finn that's right devin is a cheyenne jackson gay yoga teacher yeah so at this point you know, you're cool just you as you are. Cool. You really you are so do cool. What they tell you to do. You really don't. Because then his ex-girlfriend Charlotte uses this as an opportunity to say, maybe you should go to your next post without me. And she's like, and this is Finn saying, you know, she said this situation could be good for us. She says, I'm too available. You know, Let's give it a year, and assuming nothing better comes along for her, 
you know, we'll be together again. No, no, Finn, no. You deserve better than that. Stop it. Yeah. And so Cecily is listening. (laughs) Nothing better comes along. Ouch, my feelings. Ouchies. Ouchies. And Cecily is kind of like, so you're broken up. And he's like, no. She's like, so let me get this straight. You're not living together. You aren't seeing or speaking to each other. And uh, she doesn't take your calls. And he's like, well, Charlotte thinks that, oh, no, I'm broken up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Finn. You cute cute little bunny, you. Yeah. So now we cut to them axe throwing. And he throws it really bad. And he's like, oh, I I think that's an English axe. You know, it's weighted differently. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, probably. And then she's like, bullseye, clearly. And so she starts giving him a tip, which was a good tip as two axe throwing ladies ourselves. She says, try to flip it once and then land it on the second flip. I was like, that is exactly what you need to do. Flip it around once and then bam, into the board. And so he tries to do that. He does it. Oh, because they were like and big axes? Mm-mm. Same axes we throw. Oh. I never got that instruction. Yeah. F- what We didn't get that instruction. It was more that I was like, oh, yes, that is how many times it goes around. It goes around is one it? and a half oh, times. I thought it yeah. was more than that. Mm-mm. Just one and a half. So uh, she is, how did you get, oh, how did you get into <laughs> angering is what I wrote. Rangering is what I meant. And he's like, I, uh, I read that actually and she's like my butt and he's like no and we see that she had a book in her back pocket and he's like super weird coincidence but it's Walden which is the book you have right there Mm -hmm. and they both realize (laughs) that it changed each other's lives and they're talking about how much national parks mean to them and they're getting closer and closer and Saying that they both feel most themselves in the forest. <laughs> and then the song, I want to bathe with you in the sea. I want to lay like this forever. And then she's like, can I kiss you? <gasps> oh, yes. And they lean in. And then right as they're about to kiss, his phone rings and he picks it up. No. Finn. Finn. Yeah. Get it yeah. together, Finn. Get it together, uh, Finn. What's the book? Walden. Walden Pond or whatever. Oh. Walden Pond. Something like that. Um, never read it, but I guess it's about, you know, nature. Nature. Uh, and so po- natures Walls. and ponds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so Cecily don't fuck around like she's pissed like she's like I was trying to kiss you and you literally fucking moved your head to answer your phone of your ex-girlfriend that you won't admit is your ex-girlfriend fuck you and leaves. And he's like on the phone and he's like I'm really sorry I'm so sorry and he's like trying to talk to her and he's like yeah hey Charlotte oh you just need the AAA information. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's why she was calling. 
Finn. Finn. Yeah. Finn is so, hard. It's hard, Finn, but it really you is. Gotta but get, get it, it together. together. Yeah. You are too good to be putting up with this bullshit. Find someone who loves you. So now we cut to a huge storm and we see all the lights in the town go out. And uh, Trish wakes up in the middle of the night and she goes to let Chachi out the door. And what she does is she puts a leash on Chachi and then Chachi goes out the dog door and she stays in the kitchen. Are you raising your hand? No. Uh, Oh, I thought you were like, (laughs) don't just, just, well, now I don't know where to put my hand. I was just trying to be comfortable, but now I I don't know what my hand is doing. All I can think about is my hand. Is your hand. I'm so sorry. Hand, hand. So she lets the hand out the hand door and (laughs) it doesn't feel connected to my body anymore. It's not anymore. It's idle hands. You're Devin Sawa. (gasps) I am Devin Sawa. Hey. Don't write a check that your ass can't catch myself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'll be right back. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) Um, So... She lets Chachi out the dog door on a leash and then she hears something and tries to pull Chachi back in, but hears a growl and just pulls a chomp on the <gasps> leash back. No! No. But I didn't I didn't see any any Chachi times. I didn't see Chachi, so it was okay. I'm sad. So now we cut to Finn in bed at the inn and he wakes up to someone screaming. Hmm. He goes down into the lobby and we see that it's Devin and Joakim there, Janine, husband Pete, and Trish is like kneeling on the ground screaming, Mm -hmm. holding Chachi's broken leash. Mm -hmm. And Devin is like, I found her like this at like 4 a.m. this morning. And they're all like, why were you out at 4 a.m.? And he's like, I'm training for a triathlon on August 4th, and I have to do <laughs> sprints. Sorry. And they're all like, oh. Um, and Trish is just like, there's something out there! And Parker, pipeline guy, Parker Pipeline is like, it's probably just a coyote. And uh, Devin is like trying to be empathetic towards Trish, but he's just like, I'm sorry, Trish, but everything in this forest just eats little dogs, just like Chachi. And why the fuck can't I get on the internet? <laughs> so he's like trying his phone. So now we learn the power's out and there's no internet. Uh-oh. And then Janine is like, oh no, what do we do? What do you think, doctor? And everyone whips around behind Finn and we see it's the environmentalist. Doctor zoologist scientist. Scientist. Yes. Yes. From 207. Correct. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, but uh, it's too early to tell because I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) So the stereotype of the scientist doctor is the stereotype of the scientist doctor in every horror movie film. Okay. Where they're just like overly serious and very like, my. My formulas. I've got to figure it out. That's her. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So she's like, I don't know about your dog. I'm here to stop the pipeline. So basically, she is the direct foe of Parker Pipeline. Cecily now comes in and says, yo, the power's out everywhere. Not just the inn. Everywhere. She confirms it's out everywhere. Pete, 
husband Pete tries to hug her and she like ducks out. And Finn is like, I'll figure this out. Then Marcus and Gwen come up to the window and they're like, let us in, guys. Our shitter's broke and we're storm fucked. (laughs) And they're like, "Okay, so now we have the whole gang here. At the mansion inn. At the mansion inn. And Finn gets real serious and he's like, I'll be right back. And then we see a montage of him like grabbing his sunglasses and his binoculars as if they're like guns. But really, he just like goes out and he's like, binoculars. And he's looking out over the landscape to see that not only is the power out everywhere, but the mountain road is blocked by an avalanche. Whoa. And one of the power generators for the inn is like sparking in the distance. So we cut to him going over to the power generator for the inn and walks over to it and he sees that the box is slashed Mm. and he kneels down and takes off his sunglasses and goes, heavens to Betsy. (laughs) (laughs) Question two. What do you do and what do they decide to do uh and meaning uh finn i think that i'm gonna tell zoology person because they know about animals okay and uh get her scientific doctor advice help got it about how to catch a predator predator Yes. And uh, <laughs> I think that he is maybe mm, going to try to like set a trap for something. Mayhaps. One point. Uh, yeah. Enlist help. I, I don't see any reason to not do that. What he does is he goes and he looks at the other generators And sees that they're also slashed in the same way. And so he goes to another one and he's like, heavens to Betsy. (laughs) Uh, He now turns, goes back to the mansion inn. And he kind of hears something. And he looks under the porch of the mansion inn. And you know how sometimes under a porch in like an old house, it'll be like a lattice work. Yes. Where it's like, okay, so okay. that's what he sees. And he pulls at something covered by snow that appears to be under the porch behind the lattice. And he's like kind of pulling at it because it's pretty frozen. And he pulls, pulls. It's an arm! A human arm? A human arm. Oh, no. Yeah. So question three, what do you do and what does Finn do? Uh, I think now I want to keep everyone together in the mansion inn and maybe try to discuss if there's anyone else in town that's not here. Like, is there anyone missing? Okay. Maybe. And... um, Fuck! Wow, I didn't get. I didn't go to ranger school. Uh, and I mean, I have. Well, I have. 
I mean, a phone. I have a phone. I'm going to call. Uh, I would say that the because it's so remote, the phones may not be working because of the generator, but you're on the right track. And I would say, though, you didn't go to ranger school, you may have other equipment at your disposal. So I'm going to go get my uh <laughs> Not walkie-talkie, but uh, CB radio. Sure, sure. Thing. Like a radio-type situation. Yeah. And be like, hello, I found an arm. There's things that are scratched, but it's a shit show here. Can you helicopter in some help? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think helicopter in some help and helicopter all of us out of here. Okay. And what does Finn do? Finn is... Uh, Maybe he, he he radios for help, too. One point for you. That is exactly what I thought Finn should do. He did not. Instead, he goes in back to the inn, kind of shell-shocked a little bit. Mm. And Janine is like, you look like you've just seen a corpse. But, um, <laughs> And he goes, you're right. I mean, the road is blocked. And something is wrong with the generators, all of them. And they all start, like, yelling and freaking out at each other. And then uh, and then he's like, oh, and, and also there's a dead body under your porch. And they're like, what? <laughs> Record scratch. Uh, at some point in the hubbub, we hear Janine say it's going to be at least a week before the power comes back on. I guess that's how it rolls on the mountain. Hey. This is why I don't want to live on a mountain. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Like, it just is too volatile up there. Uh, I want to live on, like, the suggestion of a remote area where it's like, (laughs) I feel like I live in a remote area, but, like, there's a target, like, three miles away. That's the best description ever. The suggestion of a remote area. Yeah, that's how I want to roll. So now we cut to Janine crying over a tarped body, the dead body, because we realize it's her husband. He never ran away. Oh, shit. It was the guy from the beginning. the fuck up. Wait. Oh, the guy from the beginning. Oh, where'd the bar lady go? We don't know. Wow. Wowie zowie. We do know where Mr. Manchinen went. And he... That comes with so many feelings. Yeah. He didn't leave me, but now he's dead. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So as she's screaming, she like throws herself onto the body and the tarp slips off. And so her scream goes from like keening to like, ah, ah, like, <laughs> like now she's like, ew, yeah. gross. Yeah. And then they all scream. And Parker, Pipeline Parker says, this looks like a wolf killing. And then literally Dr. Ellis scientist pops up like from nowhere and snaps a picture and is like, the right leg muscles have been severed. And then Pipeline Parker's like, that's how canines disable their prey. And she looks up at it and says, pretty accurate assessment for a gas man. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, I did used to do a little brown bear hunting in Siberia. 
And so they're just like showing, you know, just yeah. whose yeah. dick is bigger. And uh, Marcus, who's Gwen's idiot husband, comes in and is like, whoa, are you a wolf detective? <laughs> and Trish is like, is this uh, – Trish comes in. She's like, is this the same thing that got my chachi? And uh, Dr. Scientist Ellis Lady is like, excuse me, I need to go compare these samples. And like runs off to her <laughs> lab that she has set up in her mansion in temporary room. And so now we're in the hearth room. And sure. no one. Every mansion has a hearth room. I, at least one. Yeah. So they're like, no one is going to get down the mountain without a plow. Okay. Mar- and Finn says, do we have one like in town? Sure. And Marcus and Gwen are like, we do. Just need that starter and fuel injector. <gasps> no, Mel. Yeah. Mel. Do you know what you sound like when you do that? You sound like Steve from Blue's Clues when they would get mail. He would literally go, Mel. I've never seen Blue's Clues in my life. I'm not going to lie. Why have I seen Blue's Clues? <laughs> I was far too old for it. Uh, uh, I can imagine. A yeah. little too old Ketron watching Blue's Clues, though. I'm not going to lie. I I mean, there's a scenario where I was watching it with, like, the younger kids that my mo- grandma used to babysit. But sure. we know that wasn't 100% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so Finn is just kind of standing back, assessing all of this. He then makes a suggestion. What do you suggest and what does he suggest? Finn takes a step back and makes a suggestion. Correct. Takes us, assesses the situation. Okay. Uh, Finn suggests that we. T- yeah. I have an idea, but I don't know if that's the best idea. That we. I want to say that we. Ooh, wait, what do we need? The starter and the what? Fuel injector. I mean, we need lots of things. Like, we need to plow the mountain. We need power. We need to know who is the murderer or what is the murderer. There appears to be some sort of animal attacking people because we have the generator scratch and we have the severed leg muscles that are what canines do. So we've got a lot of problems. The most immediate one is there appears to be a canine-type animal eating people. Okay. I think as a car scientist, I'm going to suggest that we take the starters and the fuel injections from other trucks okay. on, that we have on the mountain and put them in this plow truck. And then uh, I, I assume it's like a pickup truck kind of looking thing. So we all just pile in and get the fuck off this mountain. Great. And, You're the car scientist. And, and what does he suggest? He suggests that... We all stay together here mm-hmm. and maybe we we team team up, team apart uh, teams, make teams mm-hmm. and go, go hunting. No? Huh? Hunt, hunting? I don't know. <laughs> One and a half points. Fucking genius. Didn't even think of that. 
get probably because I didn't know that every car has a fuel injector or a or a starter. I don't know that they're actually transferable, but <laughs> but but God every damn it, she's one. gonna try. Okay. <laughs> So, but I'm like, you got one pickup truck up here. You got seven. Who are we I, kidding? Right? Um, no, that's really fucking smart. That is not what he suggests. But you said hunting. So I gave you half a point because what he says is, uh, I got a note that Emerson is illegally trapping large game. Maybe we can, we can enlist Emerson Flint, right. who appears to be an extremely skillful trapper, trapper hunter, to trap this thing also loves wolf cosplay yes he does so that's what he suggests um but no one wants to go with him to emerson flint sure fair so he so finn convinces cecily to go with him cut to them walking and cecily is our male friend yes uh and remember he he rebuffed her. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> I remember. Kim's like. <laughs> no, 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 no. I remember the moment over and over. that my lips were about to touch <laughs> yours and you instead put a cell phone in front of my face. Literally. Yes. So cut to them walking and he and Finn is talking ad nauseum. Cecily is silent and he's just talking about snowshoes again. <laughs> Finn. <laughs> And she's like, we get it. You think snowshoes are really cool. And he's like, oh, man. And he, like, realizes it. And he apologizes. And she's like, it's cool. You're just not over your ex. And he's like, no, no, no. I blew it last night. I was with the right girl. And he's like, I don't know why I answered the phone. I don't know why I'm still wrapped around her finger. Like, he basically is just like, I'm sorry. I know. I fucked up. I have some shit to work out. Yeah. You do. Yeah. I mean, so to be no fair, excuses. he didn't realize that he had an ex until 10 minutes before. Right then. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, to be fair, I agree. So, Cecily, you deserve better now. Yeah. Yeah. So, she then says to him, yes, yeah, Cecily. Uh, she then says to him, she's like, listen, Finn, you're a really likable guy and that's great, but not to sound super heteronormative, but maybe Charlotte is right. Maybe you should man up. And I was like, there's a lot. I hear what you're trying to say. There's a lot of problems in the way you said it, but we'll move past it. That'll be for other podcasts. Where I talk about the manic pixie dream girl archetype and also the issues with this heteronormative statement. Anyway. It's called. Ooh. E. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and she's like, I don't know. Drink a beer. Wear a hat. Yell at someone smaller. Yell respect me or something. I don't know what men do. No, I try Finn, not to hang out with them don't, very much. Don't, don't do yeah, it, Finn. Don't do Stop any trying of that. to fish in the pond. No. Be your own pond. Be your own pond and your own fish. Yes. You know? So be the they fish keep walking. Be the pond and your own. Be the fish you want to see in the world. 
In the pond. In the pond. The pond. Oh, yeah. Be the fish you want to <laughs> see in the pond. That's what I Gandhi was, said, right? I was drinking a sip of water. Otherwise, I would have had your back for that one. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so they keep walking. And Finn is taking this in, you know. So now we cut back to the hearth room. And they're all still talking, everyone except for Finn and Cecily, obviously. And Trish is just sitting by the fire, aggressively knitting. (laughs) By the light of a raging heart I think that'll be Ketrin in her elder years. It will, but not with knitting. I'm not a good knitter. But I'll be doing some other kind of craft. I think Um, that by then you'll you'll pick it up. Yeah. A lot of feelings about it. Yeah, I just glitched. Uh, I do know how to knit. I just don't know how to knit anything other than scarves. So I can knit a very long scarf. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll try to knit the longest scarf. <laughs> I'm sorry, did it freeze again? <laughs> or <laughs> thinking about the longest scarf. Okay. Uh, wow, that was a missed opportunity a year and a half ago. <laughs> Shoot! You could have been knitting this whole time. Shoot! Like how long about scarf with me by now? Oh, sitting at home, damn it! Knitting away in quarantine. Cramp. I think I am gonna do that. I think I'm gonna knit the longest scarf. Anyway, okay, that'll be for my other podcast. (laughs) Knitting the longest scarf. Excited about it. Yeah. So aggressively knitting. They're fighting about the pipeline versus no pipeline. (laughs) And we're gonna add that to our merch store, but there's only one, so <laughs> only we're gonna one. have to like have a, <laughs> a scarf off. Uh, we wear a scarf off, yeah. Um, and it's just me entering to win it under a lot of different disguises. <laughs> Multiple people can enter together from different yep. states, and they can all wear it at the same time. There we it's go. actually a connection of Sammy's. I love it. It's like hands across America. It is uh, <laughs> scarves so, across the pond. Yeah. <laughs> Be the scarf you want to wrap your friends in. We are the world. <laughs> I don't know the words. I don't either. Okay. I'm not even sure what I was singing. Really. <laughs> yeah. I was with you, though. So, anyway, they they basically, so the townspeople, it's a very small town, uh, decide that, or, or, Pipeline Parker says, we can only build the pipeline if it's unanimous. So it's like if even one person says they don't want the pipeline, then then people get nothing. Right. Okay. Uh, Devin and Joakim are like, we're not selling. And then everyone calls them liberal snowflakes. Okay. Now, there is an interesting conversation that they get into a little bit later where it's like, the people that originally lived in the town don't have any fucking money. And the people that are voting against it are the ones who are millionaires from outside of the town. Right. Now, obviously we know that like the pipeline is in the long run, not Not good. good, And it's not just because, you know, like whatever, but you can see where there's, it's a right. lump sum of money right, right now for people that are currently struggling. Right. I see. I hear so, you. Um, Tough. 
Yeah. So now we cut to Janine and she goes into the doctor's room and is like, do you need anything? And the doctor has a full scientific laboratory on like an antique desk in a in a mansion bed and breakfast. Mm -hmm. And uh, the doctor is like, how are you working all that? And she's like, I always have all my batteries. So it's like all battery powered. That's why she has electricity. And she turns to Janine and she's like, we're going to find out what killed your dead husband. I have excellent samples. And then we hear ominous music. Mm-hmm. So now we cut to Emerson's and Cecily and Finn are standing outside the door. And Cecily is like, do you want me to knock? And he's like, I got it. And she's like, really? Because I can hear your tummy. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'm not scared. Are you? And she's like, no, I'm punk. And he's like, <laughs> and he goes, were you in a punk band? And she goes, you know, I actually was. We were called the Megalodons because our lead singer was named Meg. And he's like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I love Emerson opens ah. the door. And he's covered in blood. Oh, no. Cleaning a knife. Okay. Ah. And he opens the door and he's like, you want to tell me what happened to my generator? And they're like. You want to tell me what happened to your blood? Blood? I mean, mean, not your Somebody's blood? blood So they're like, gulp? So now we cut to in Emerson's living room. And Finn is like, we learn that there's a lot of blood around Emerson because of the pelts. We know from Daddy Devin Sawa, it's a very bloody mess to to, to de-pelt things and make leather and stuff like that so that's where the blood came from is one of his catches okay so finn says will you trap it and so we're coming in at the end of the story and emerson just (laughs) 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 no Ah, and they're like oh so kim question number five emerson just said no you're sitting in his living room. What do you do? And what does Finn do? Maybe Finn is like, can you teach me how to trap it? Okay. And I am like, what can we do to get you to trap it? What do you want? And that's you or Finn? Actually, let's hand in hand it. What can I get you to do? What? 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 Sorry. Sorry. Are you hand in hand asking him to teach you or are you hand in hand trying to convince him? Both. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be like. Two half points reluctantly. (laughs) (laughs) Two half points reluctantly. Bro, wolf, wolf, buddy, wolf, buddy. Why don't? Why don't? How about this? Uh, you, uh, wolf, do it. (laughs) You teach me. Also, how do I get you to do it? Because you'll probably be better. Maybe just do that part. I don't know. Uh, again, <laughs> two reluctant half points. I'll take it. <laughs> no, what Finn does 
is we hear a swell of triumphant music as Finn gives him a heartfelt neighborly Mr. Rogers speech about being a good neighbor. Speech, that's what I said. (laughs) So that's where you convince, what can I, so he's like, Trying to, like, make him feel like part of the community. He's like, you know, they all voted for you to help us. Thinking, mm-hmm. you know, about how the heck are we going to get rid of this thing? And, like, he doesn't curse. And it's so cute. Mm-hmm. And he says heck as if he's saying fuck. So he's like, and how the heck are we going to get rid of this? He's basically, like, the opposite of how we talk. Oh, what a cute bunny. And basically, so it's a lot of like, no matter our differences, we're all a community. Even if you want to be outside of it, you're still a part of it. And we still welcome you. And people deserve to feel safe. And you can make them feel safe. You can be a good neighbor. Like Mr. Rogers. State Farm is there. And then, so he gives this whole speech, silence. And Emerson says, who's Mr. Rogers? Ah! Emerson. He lives off the grid, Kim. He lives off the grid. Mr. Rogers is universal. Is is beyond the grid. Yeah. He he is the grid. The neighborhood of humanity. Yes. Thank you. Won't you be my neighbor? Be the fish you want to see in the pond. In the pond. Be the scarf you want to wrap around your the entire world. neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to Trish uh, in the inn, and she's talking to Pete, Pipeline Parker, Gwen, and Marcus in the inn. Uh, and they are speculating that Janine killed her husband. <gasps> Ooh, and that's like, interesting. And they're like, listen to this. He was, in fact, having an affair. And he was, she's against the pipeline, but Dave was into it. Oh, shit. So. Gus continues. Yeah. So Devin and Joakim step in to be like, uh, and also, an animal just conveniently ate all the generators. Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. And they're like, this wasn't an animal. This was a person. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And so, piling on, piling on, Marcus then steps in to try to say something smart as well, but just goes, we've got some known unknowns and some unknown knowns. That's right. Yep. You're not wrong. You're not wrong, Marcus. That's right. And uh, Devin continues, and he's like, wolves can't slice generators, but who is covered in hair and totally can? And Marcus chimes in and says, a werewolf? Ah. And Devin's like, no, I wasn't thinking that. And then the camera zooms in on Devin again, and he's like, Emerson Flint. Covered in hair, can slice generators, kind of a dick. Loves wolf cosplay. Loves wolf cosplay. So now we cut to Cecily and Finn back at Emerson's house, and they're trying to explain who Mr. Rogers is. Oh, no. And Emerson is, is not getting it. 
And Flint uh, now has his back to them, like at the sink, like he's continuing to, you know, de-pelt his animals or whatever. And Cecily is standing by the mantle and then she sees something and she's like, Finn, look. And they look. It's Chichachi's collar on the mantle. What? Question six. What do you do? And what do Cecily and Finn do? Uh, fuck. Okay. I think we're going to take the collar and we're going to get the fuck out of here. Hand in hand. But it's so he doesn't see. Well, he can see his lead, but not take the collar. That's two half points. Uh, they don't take the collar. They leave it there. But they do quickly leave. And they're super awkward about it. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, looks like you're not going to help us. So uh, we're going to go save some lives and uh, and eat some soup. <laughs> and saving they lives and eating soup. Saving lives and eating soup. Sounds like a good day to me. So they try to leave and the door is locked and he comes over and like lunges at them and they're both like, no, no, no. And he just is like, it's the top lock <laughs> and like unlocks it. And uh, ominous music as they leave. And Cecily's like, yep, he's deaf the murderer. And uh, Finn walks out just being like, keep your voice down and be normal. And they like run away. <laughs> so now we cut to them at the inn and they're telling them about Chachi's collar and everyone is screaming and being dramatic. Confirms everything that they thought. Cut to Janine uh, alone, crying over a picture of Dave, her husband, who was named Dave, I guess. And then she's startled Man. by the doctor. And the doctor comes in and is like, I compared the DNA samples. And then it's a montage over it of her doing science things. She's like, I took the hair from Dave and Chachi's body. They're a match. Everything about these attacks are unorthodox. It's not human. It's canine, but there's no matches in the database. It's a fucking and werewolf. Gwen, as this is happening, is in the hallway, and she's, like, looking creepy, like, walking towards a picture at the end of the hallway. Cut back to Janine and the doctor. I'm going to keep running tests, but for now, what I can tell you is, I don't know what this thing is. Cut back to Gwen being creepy, looking at the painting. Dave was probably, I'm sorry to say, eaten alive. And then Ouch. we see that the painting Gwen is looking at is like this weird old-timey sketch where like it's like a lots of things happening in the sketch, but down at the corner is like a wolf in person clothing eating a baby in the corner. And I mean, hello. What kind, of art, what kind of artwork you got? And so Gwen just looks at it and she's like, rad. And that's it. So cut to nighttime. Finn is trying to keep everyone safe. So they're all back in the mansion in. Question seven. What do you suggest they do? And what does he suggest they do? I suggest that we, or no, he, hmm. He's, oh. 
he suggests that maybe, okay, what do we need? I think hand in hand, hmm, okay, mm-hmm. here's my suggestion. Okay. Hand in hand, we get some weapons or whatever's, you know, protection from the house, mm-hmm. and we all stay together in, like, the hearth room or something. Hand in hand? Hand in hand. Doobly ding! Double ding! Oh, first of the season. Hello. Season two. Did you guys know this is this is the premiere of season two of Tim and Cat's Daylight, maybe? Um He says we should all stay here. There's safety in numbers. Yes. And then he says, Who's packing? And everybody except Devin, Joachim. So the gays, Cecily, and Gwen are the only ones not packing. Okay? So Trish and Pete both have a gun. Janine has a gun. Pipeline Parker has a gun. Marcus has two guns. And Gwen is like, Marcus took mine. Like, so everybody. Okay. And then obviously Finn is a ranger. He has a gun. Wow. So uh, Marcus with his two guns gets like crazy and like pulls him out. And he's like, that thing comes for me and I'll be all up in its tit. And they were all like, okay, all right, Marcus. Pete is like, uh, I'll sleep with my wife unless Cecily needs protection. And Cecily's like, I'm good. No, thanks. Because Cecily doesn't have a gun. Uh, and so we now cut to Finn. So they all agree to have a sleepover inside the inn with all their guns. So now we cut to Finn knocking on the doctor's door with a lantern. And she's like, we see her inside. She's like, I'm fine. I just need more time (laughs) to work. (laughs) And then we see that she's got like a little computer and it just says like results pending. But like, you know, it's uh, and so he's like, all right, let's lock up. And it's a montage of them locking everything up. So now we cut to night, night time. A noise is coming in, is inside the mansion. Finn is asleep with his gun. We cut upstairs to Trish and Pete's room, and the door is opening. And we have a POV on Pete. And he's, like, asleep, and something is coming towards him. And then the bed starts jostling, and Pete is pulled out of the bed Ah. into the hallway. And then we hear gunshots. It's Gwen shooting. And then we see that she shot Pete. Shot his hand clean off, but there's no animal anywhere. So he was dragged out into the hallway. Right. Gwen heard something. Start shooting. She shot doesn't shoot Pete. an animal. She shot Pete and his hand off as well. Wow. And so the lights all come on. Suspect. And Pete's like, can someone look out for my hand? <laughs> <laughs> and Marcus is like, I got you, bro. And he starts looking for Marcus's for Pete's hand. Who's Pete again? Uh, the, uh, Trisha's husband, who's like always trying to like grope Cecily. Oh, creepy. Yeah. And uh, Finn is like, goes over to Pete immediately. And he's like, for God's sakes, this was an animal attack. 
And then Cecily is like, but it looks like he was like shot too. So what they learn is his hand wasn't shot off. It was bitten off. But where the fuck's the animal? And he was shot because he's got a gunshot wound in his shoulder. And he like looks at it and he's like, would you look at that? And passes out. Interesting. Yeah. But like where, where the fuck's the like, where's the animal? So. Pipeline Parker is now questioning how many times did you fire? And Finn is like, Pipeline Parker, chill out. It was obviously an accident because like Pipeline Parker was kind of trying to be like, are you the one killing people? And he's like, no, she clearly like was shooting whatever was attacking, blah, blah, blah. Dr. Ellis then pops up with her camera again and is like, click. (laughs) And she's looking morose (laughs) and then slowly like pulls a hair off of Pete and holds it in her tweezers and looks at it and then sinks back down out of frame. (laughs) (laughs) And Parker, and she's like looking just like, really just got the weight of the world on her shoulders. And so Parker hands her a flask, his flask, which we'd actually seen him do before when she took a picture of Dave's body. And she said, no, no. But now this time she takes it and walks back into her room. Finn asks Gwen, like, what did you see? And she ominously says, I didn't get a good look. So now we cut to the doctor in her room and her heart's beating. And she dramatically opens the flask and dramatically takes a swig and then notices blood on her hand and locks the door. So now the rest of them are freaking out, tending to Pete. And Trish is like, uh, Trish is like, how did it get in here? And how did it get out? <laughs> and they're all like, who says it got out? <sighs> so now we cut to the doctor's room and the computer that was saying results pending now is like results inconclusive results inconclusive. And she's like, what? <sighs> and starts like. <laughs> going around and, like, packing up her suitcase, I thought. But no, she actually takes out a gun and cocks it. And uh, looks out the window and ominously is like, it's not possible. No, it can't be possible. And then she has a flashback to everything. Flashback to the full moon, the wolf painting, her saying that he was eaten alive, knock on the door from Finn. Parker's out there as well. And he's like, uh, and Finn is like, she's not answering. And Parker's like, she's probably tanked. And then all of a sudden, there's a gunshot through the door from the inside where the doctor is. And she says, uh, through the gunshot hole, she's like, touch this door and I'll shoot. Uh, I'll shoot again. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone comes running. And they're like, we need answers. And she's like. It didn't disappear. And it's not Emerson Flint. And she's like looking through the eye hole. So all we see is her eye. And she's like, it's one of you. And Finn is like, can you come out? She's like, I can't do that. You could be one of them. And they're like, one of what? And she's like, a lycanthrope. And they're all like, what? Lycanthrope. So Parker asks Janine, does this room have a second door? like a back door. And Janine's like, sure, and hands him keys. Parker then goes around to the second door and like lets himself in. So now we see the doctor in there being like, no, get out. 
And then on the other side of the door, we just hear, get back. I'll shoot. And Parker's like, put the gun down. And then we hear, bang, bang. (laughs) Parker opens the door and says, she killed herself. And they're like, what? And he's like, she was less afraid of death than whatever happened here today. And they all look at each other suspiciously. Now we're back in the main room. And Joachim is now looking at the doctor's notes. Okay. And just to be clear again, Parker is the guy who lost his hand. Parker. Pipe. No, Pipeline. Pine. Pete. I really get, I'm getting those P's mixed up in my, in my brain. Okay. Pipeline Parker. Okay. Okay. Pipeline. Pete's down for the count. Pete is shot and handless. He's, he's not doing well. So, so Joachim is looking at the doctor's notes now and he's reading it and he's like, it's a complete set of humanoid DNA, which overlaps with a complete set of canine DNA. Not sure if it's a new species or evolution set. And they're all just kind of listening. Marcus, uh, then starts talking. He's like, this sounds like some folklore that my dad used to tell me about, how settlers used to have to run werewolves out of the woods. And they're like, why are we talking about werewolves? And they're like, why not? And they're like, every culture has a werewolf story. And then they name some. And uh, uh, Pipeline Parker like talks about some werewolf knowledge. And Joakim comes in. He's like, okay, Big Daddy Sam Parker dropping that werewolf knowledge. Like, <laughs> And Gwen starts talking about the Wendigo. Oh! which we know from from Ravenous. And Parker steps in to explain that Wendigo is a man beast that stalks the woods and hungers for human flesh but is never full. And Joakim steps in again and is like, sounds like a euphemism for white men. And then Devin (laughs) comes in and he's like, you're so funny, honey. And Joakim is like, thanks, babe. (laughs) And then Joakim steps in and he's like, our werewolf lore having grown up in Argentina is that it wasn't uncommon for the seventh born to be killed because the seventh born is always a werewolf and Cecily who's the seventh born is like um but you don't do that anymore right because that's crazy yeah and Trish is like no, she like cuts him off. She's like, no, it's one of you trying to terrorize us to save some damn chipmunks. We can't. And like, because she's like, you're trying to do this to run us exactly. out because of the pipeline, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And Devin steps in and is like, you know, uh, trees are more important or something like that. And this is where Joakim steps in. And like, it's a satirical conversation, but it's valid points. Kind of like what I said, where, where he goes, honey, we can't say that because we have money and they don't. Like, Mm. we're definitely coming from a different place. They're coming from a place of desperation, blah, blah, blah. And uh, at this point, they, everyone who has a gun, like, draws a gun. And (laughs) Devin is just like, oh, my God. Like, what is this, a Mexican standoff? And Joaquin comes in from the back. He's like, just say standoff. Just say it's a standoff, not a Mexican standoff. And he's like, sorry, a standoff. (laughs) And then, so Finn now tries to calm everyone down with what idea? 
to make everyone feel safe. Oh, well, obviously, to make everyone feel safe, what we should do is obviously so we think we're werewolves one of us is a werewolf but we don't know mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. so what we should do is it's tough it's a real uh it's like the thing like who's mm-hmm. who's infected yeah so so uh, now I that say, I say that, I guess we'll hold each other's dicks to save humanity. I right. guess. So, like, we okay. all hold each other's dicks. Yeah. Okay. And what does Finn suggest? He suggests that we put our guns down. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold each other's dicks to save humanity, because I got nothing. One point for you. Uh, hold each other's dicks. I'm with you. He says, let's all lock our guns away so that we aren't fearful uh, of each other right. with guns. Yeah, I don't think we the figure guns this out. are what we're the most scared of, though. No. It was not, this was not his best choice to stay alive, if I'm being right, honest. So, right, right. They're all like, even you, Ranger? And he's like, yep, that is totally against protocol, but werewolves are within the house. So I guess protocol is out the window. And so now we have a montage of them wrapping up the guns, locking them in a closet, and Finn throwing the keys out into the snow. Nah, nope. Nopesie doozles. Yeah. (laughs) Marcus is like, I think it's Trish because Pete is an asshole. And they're like, no, she's constantly defending Pete, even though her husband is a total creep. It's not her. Marcus, uh, Pete is sitting by the fire and he's like, feverishly wounded you know because he's like handless and shot and Mm -hmm. he's sitting by the fire and he's sweating (laughs) and he just starts like maniacally laughing and he's just like (sighs) maybe i'm a werewolf (laughs) and i ate my own hand and park pipeline parker then says no 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 i'm suspicious of janine still and he's like the husband was in favor of the pipeline and you weren't Trish agrees with Pipeline Parker, and they're like, and Trish is like, we found your husband's body under the porch. And Janine is like, I didn't kill my husband. And it comes out that he did, in fact, say he was going to leave her. And she starts crying, and she's like, he said it's because I let myself go. Oh, Janine, you're perfect the way you are. You're beautiful. I love you. I love you too, Janine. And so, Joakim and Devin step in just like you and I did. And they're like, no, that's so crazy. You are, you have clothes. Like they're just like, couldn't think of a way to compliment. Um, 
So Finn then also tries to comfort Janine, but he's like super awkward and slightly too far away from her. So he kind of like <laughs> extends his arm too far and then is like, that's it was too far. And it's adorable. So, <laughs> so silly. not be too far for you with your fucking ah. monkey arms and Nosferatu fingers. So Jeline, Janine, Janine is like, why is nobody accusing Pipeline Parker? She's like, she's like, it really looks like you fucking killed the doctor up there. It man. really does. Like, That's how I and, feel. Yeah. And so she's like, what? Why is nobody talking about this? And uh, she's like, he's a newcomer. He wants our land. And then Trish comes in is like, Finn and Cecily are newcomers, too. And now everyone is yelling about the new newcomers. Um, Gwen is just like watching the drama and like doing air guitar as everyone's <laughs> arguing. And then Finn gets up and dramatically throws a glass against the wall and everyone falls silent. And he gives another heartfelt Mr. Rogers speech. And he's like, we're all friends and neighbors here and makes a point to point out all of the good things about everyone in the community and he's like, it's easier to point a finger and fear each other, but we're a community of hard workers and good neighbors. And he's like getting to everyone, you know? Yeah. And then it's silence. Yeah. Question nine. What? What do you do and what do they decide to do? What did Finn want us to do? Finn's like, stop fighting. Stop like fighting. We're a community. And like, let's just hunker down and be a team. I think I'm going to be like, yeah, there's power in the group. Stay together. We're a team. Hold each other's sticks to save humanity. I think they're going to be, they're all like, oh, listening. And then, but they're like, no. Double ding. (laughs) I know that comedy. Hey! And so it's silence. And then we just hear Gwen go, fuck that noise! And gets up. And uh, so Gwen and Marcus leave first. And they're like, we're getting out of here. And then Pipeline Parker leaves. And then so do Trish and Pete. Uh And then Joakim and Devin. Uh Uh-oh. So. Not staying together. It's not good. And Trish leaves saying, they'll get theirs. Now, so now we just have Finn, Janine, and Cecily in the inn. And we cut to Finn boarding up the windows, okay? And uh, Cecily is like, how are you going to protect yourself? You just threw all the guns away, basically. And he says, I still have my trusty, wusty bear spray, okay? Okay. And Cecily gives him a hug, and it's sweet. So now we cut to Pipeline Parker and he's opening up his trunk of his car and it's like super high tech weapon central. Okay. And it's like a a neon lit crossbow. Pipeline okay. Parker? What the yeah. fuck? Dude. Remember he used to hunt brown bears in Siberia. He's a fuck he's he's a fucking like he's a fucking white dude that hunts game for fun like Mm -hmm, he's the mm -hmm. worst right so we cut to him getting his high-tech crossbow now we cut to trish home 
sort of like snuggling Pete, who like is feverishly wounded, and she's like looking out the window. Finn is asleep by the fire and hears a scream. And he goes upstairs and it's Cecily. And she's like, there's someone in Pipeline Parker's room. And they're like walking up to Pipeline Parker's room. And then Janine pops out from the hallway. And they're all like, Janine, you fucking scared us. And they're like, Janine, go into your room and do not come out. And so they go into Pipeline Parker's room and the window is open. And like the wind, the curtain is blowing. Mm. And they're looking around and there's a newspaper on the ground and the headline Cecily picks it up and it said mauling leaves two dead outside grout pond. And she goes, hey, Finn. And Finn's got his back to her, like looking in the desk in Pipeline Parker's room. And he's like, yeah. And then we see that as she's talking, he finds something wrapped in muslin in the desk drawer. And Cecily says, did you say you were at Grout Pond in Townsend before you came here? And he's like, yeah. And he's unwrapping the muslin. And it's a knife. And there's ominous music. And he says, why? And he just turns very slowly to her. And points the knife right at her face. Mm-hmm. Cut to Joakim and Devin walking home, bickering about going back or going home. And then a twig ah. snaps. And there's a bright light and they can't see who it is. Cut back to Finn and Cecily. And he says, can you smell this knife? So she like slowly takes it, smells it. And she's like. Smells like diesel. And diesel. they both say at the same time, the oh, generators. generators. <laughs> yeah, Kind of like you and I just said, said at the, the same, same time. time. Yeah. Definitely the word I was going to say. Yep. 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 So now we're back to the boys in the woods. And they're looking all over. Lights again. And they start running. Cut back to the room with Cecily and Finn. And they're now looking at a map. That was in Pipeline Parker's room. And there's an X on all these different areas where the attacks were. Like different towns where there were attacks. Now we're back in the woods. The boys were running and they got separated. Okay. Now back to Finn and Cecily and they hear a noise. Back to the woods. Trish has now knocked over Devin and is standing over him, Trish. Uh-huh. She was the one with the light. And he's like kind of blinded. And then she grabs something out of one of the trees. And she says, it's a maple tap. So it's like this long, spiky point. It almost looks like a, a corkscrew, like an old-fashioned corkscrew that you mm-hmm. would have to actually go like this with. But it's like a maple syrup tap that you right. get the... Yeah. Yeah. And she's standing over Devin and says, I want my craft store. Question 10. What do you do and what does Devin do? She wants a craft. She wants the money from the pipeline to start her own craft store. That's what she. 
wants to do. So she's standing over Devin with a sharp, spiky maple tap and says, I want my craft store. I think Hand and Hammer is going to be like, okay, okay, okay. I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll say yes to the pipeline. Say yes to the pipeline. I won't, but right now I will. So you let me up. Hand in hand. One point for you. Yeah. Give Trish what she wants right now. We'll deal with it later. Devin instead is just sort of like, now hang on a minute, Trish. And she stabs him in the neck with the maple tap. Stabs him in the neck. Hot Cheyenne Jackson is dead. What? So now I thought I had to worry about being eaten by werewolves, but now I have to be worried about being murdered by humans too. It's too I much. Know. It's a lot. So <sighs> poor now Gero. we're. Oh, what's he gonna do? Oh my god! I know. Oh no, this is sad. Well, we're we're about to find out about poor Guillermo. So, cut to Parker, Pipeline Parker, in the inn with all of his high tech accoutrement mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. black. Um, Night vision goggles. Right. And he's looking for Finn and Cecily. And uh, they like sneak past him, but they make like a creak. So they run for it. And Parker's like, I know you're in here. And he's like looking all around for them. They are hiding under the porch where they found the body. Okay. Okay. And they're listening to Pipeline Parker. And he's like, you must be so confused. Why is this gas guy wearing a bunch of fancy hunting gear? He's like, I always hunted as a hobby, but when Dr. Ellis said one of you could be a lycanthrope, a werewolf, well, news about this predator around the state started to make a whole lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So he thinks he's hunting Hunting. a werewolf and... Yes. Yeah, okay. I already picked up. Great. So they're a smart. <laughs> you're a werewolf scientist. So they're under the porch and they're really close to each other. And they think that this is the appropriate time to have their first kiss. Oh. So they're like about to kiss when they're. Hey! <laughs> it's Joaquim Guillermo. Hi, he's hi. also hiding under. Oh, the he's porch. just in there <laughs> being like, yeah, guys, I'm here. I'm already here. I know you're yeah. having a moment, but like, just, you know, I'm here. Yeah, that's basically what it is. And he says, he's like, Devin and I got separated. And he's like, why is Pipeline Parker dressed like a scary cowboy? <laughs> and they tell him they're like, Parker is hunting werewolves. And he sabotaged the generators is what they think happened. And Joaquin, because of the knife that they found right. in yeah. his whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And Joaquin tells him that he lost Devin around Trish's place. Okay. So now we cut to the three of them, Cecily, Finn, and Joaquim, breaking into Trish's place because they think that's where Devin is. Joaquim, they get in, and Joaquim just starts yelling. And he's like, Devin! Devin! And Finn and Cecily are like, And so they go in, and they hear someone in the dining room, and it's Marcus there, and he has gloves on that he has taped knives to. <laughs> and they're like, what, He's what you doing, Edward Marcus? Hands. He's He was going for Freddy Krueger, but yes. And he's like, and uh, 
Finn is like, why'd you, why'd you tape knife to your, knives to your hands, buddy? And he's like, I'm going to steal everyone's shit and make it look like a werewolf did it. And Finn's like, well, that's disappointing. And Marcus starts, like, freaking out that he's, like, caught because they hear something. And so he runs out of the house and he's like, my plan's going to work. Hit by a truck. Hit by a truck. Gwen's truck, who runs into him and goes, Marcus, hurry the fuck up. Doesn't even realize she just ran over him. (laughs) And so she's like, Marcus, hurry the fuck up. And then Gwen is shot in the head Ah. by Trish, who's standing on the other side of Ah. the truck. Ah. And so Cecily and Finn and Joakim are like, ah! (laughs) And so they run back into Trish's house, right? right? And Trish is going on and on about, this is a stand your ground state. Also, wipe your feet. And she goes, she's like, oh, I don't, then she like realizes she can go around to the back door and so she catches them at the back door and she's like you don't belong in this town and you don't get to tell me what to do with my property and she says i killed Devin," and says they should let pipeline parker build his pipeline right pete oh <laughs> peter piper picked a peck of pickle <laughs> <laughs> You should let Pipeline Parker build his pipeline, right, Peter? Peter? And she looks over and Peter is not looking good. He looks dead. Uh-oh. Might be dead. So question 11. Trish is distracted. What do you do? What does Joakim do? Uh, He's going to tackle. What do I have? Do I have things? I don't have knives. He's gonna. You're in a hearth room. He's gonna tackle her, knock the gun out of her hand. Oh, because she just said she killed. Oh, yeah. No, he's a, he's raging, tackling her, knocking the gun out of hand. Okay. Um, I, I think I'm gonna uh, run away. We're like skedaddle. <laughs> That's one and a half points. Um. Your sentiment was right, but Joaquin's Joaquin's a, a little a little guy, and she has a gun. So what he does when she's distracted is he drop grabs a fire poker mm. out of the hearth room stand, and he whacks her across the face as he says, "You killed my husband." She falls to her knees, but just kind of stays there with her eyes open and blood dripping down her head. And Finn goes, "She's okay." She's okay. And then she falls over and he goes, oh, yep, she's dead. Never mind. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And she falls face first into the fire. Ah! So now Devin is dead. dead. What's happening? Peter is dead. Okay. He died of his wounds. Dr. Ellis is dead. Right. Okay. Those are all our dead people. Was that it? And yeah. Tr- tr- Trish. And wait, Trish this is, is Trish. dead. Yeah, what she's about, dead. And then what about, wait, Gwen and Fingernails? Gwen is dead. And Marcus is dead. Yeah, so many dead people. Yeah, I forgot about that whole finger knives, shot in the truck, all that stuff. So now all we have left Who's is left? Joakim. We have Joakim. 
We have Finn. We have Cecily. We have Janine. We don't know where Janine is. Okay. And Pipeline Parker. Parker. And okay. Edwin lives by himself. And Emerson Flint. Yes. Yes. So. That's exactly what I said. That's what I heard. So they now say, so the three live people in Trisha's house are like, they're going to, we're going to take Marcus's truck, right? Because it's out, it's right outside. And as they're going out, Finn like steps in Marcus and apologizes to him. He's like, oh, sorry, Marcus. (laughs) And he's like running through his his uh head like what they're gonna need he's like okay we've got the truck we're gonna need some snowshoes to get off this mountain <laughs> Cecily. and snesley snesley just goes dude loves his snowshoes <laughs> and then we hear him say well it is the oldest and most effective <laughs> and he gwen falls out of the driver's seat like he forgot okay. that gwen was in there and as he turns back we see that joaquin is looking at someone who's like backlit and it's pipeline parker and joakim comes out and he's like why are you hunting us and finn comes out and he's like well i mean can you blame him i don't know cecily is the youngest of seven you were blocking his pipeline and i'm the pain in the ass sent to give him a hard time but something isn't adding up and then they look at parker finn is looking at parker and he hears a gasp behind him joakim has cecily with Trish's gun to Cecily's head. Joakim has a gun to Cecily's head? Yeah. What is happening? And Finn is like, what are you doing? And Joakim is like, you heard her. She's the seventh born. You said it herself. She's the werewolf. Finn calmly like tries to get her to put, get him to put the gun down. And Cecily is like, it's just a superstition. And he's like, shut the fuck up. I have to kill your ass. I love you so much. I'm so sorry. (laughs) And Finn is like, God, it's been a long, long day. And Joakim is like, I know, right? And he's like, put the gun down. Shot. Who? Finn spins around because it looks like he was shot in the arm. And then he looks. Joakim falls down dead with a crossbow arrow in his gut. So Finn was grazed, and Pipeline Parker shot Joaquin. Cecily then gets into the truck. Finn ducks behind it like he couldn't get into the truck fast enough because now Pipeline Parker is on the prowl. And he says to Cecily, he like pulls Cecily out of the truck, and he's like, Cecily... He's the one who sabotaged the generators. And he's like, uh, and he's like, I found a diesel soaked knife in your room, Ranger. What? And Finn is Wait, like, who's saying this? No, we, we found the knife in, in your, your room. room, Pipeline Parker. And he's like, that's impossible. And he's like, you've pitted this community against itself. And he goes on another speech about greed and not being a good neighbor. And you brought out the worst in people. And there is no monster. The only monster here is you. He, Pipeline Parker, has Cecily in a chokehold with the, you know, the crossbow at her. And Pipeline Parker says, we'll see about that. Question 12, what do you do and what does Cecily do? I have a crossbow to my chin. Yeah, but he's like kind of distracted in conversation. 
with Finn, hand in hand, we're going to be like, whoop, whoop, and get away from the crossbow and pull the trigger into Pipeline Parker's head. One and a half points <laughs> for you. Not super sure how, how you do it, but I like your gumption. Mm-hmm. Uh, she kicks his knee backwards. Oh, I had great choice as well. Yeah. Kicks his knee backwards. Finn now takes this opportunity to pounce on to Pipeline Parker, punches him once, and then asks Cecily, how are you? And we know you don't just... Yeah, to punch forever, forever. Punch forever, whatever. And right then, Cecily is like, look out! Fucking Pipeline Parker has a fucking knife up his sleeve that's like, floop! Ah! And... Stabs Finn in the side. And he gets on top of Finn and is about to stab him again. Question 13. What do you do? What does Finn do? So, Python Parker's on top of me. Mm -hmm. Balls. (laughs) Balls. Kick him in the balls. Hand in hand. And also grab that, that, that shooty gun and shoot him with the with the arrow gun balls one point for you i fucking love the callback to a theme which they miss <laughs> what he does get me as a writer on this movie dad hey! what he does is he pulls out his bear spray. bear spray oh I, I did actually forget about that though that was also a planted yeah, yeah. seed so Bear sprays him. And Pipeline Parker backs up and he kind of is like backs up into the torch, that big giant phallic torch. Right. At this point, Joakim sits up, not totally dead, ah! still has Trish's gun and says, your pipeline is trash <laughs> and shoots the pipeline totem and it explodes. Oh. Killing Parker, but not Finn and Cecily. Okay. Suspending our, dis- suspending our disbelief. So now that was Joakim's last. Ah. He is, he is dead now. Okay. Right? Right? Yes, yes, yes. His uh, what's her face S- moment from screen. Right. Yes. So now we just have Finn and Cecily who are left alive. And Janine is somewhere as is Emerson Flint. We don't know where they are. And. Finn just says, that was really fucked up. And Cecily says, yeah, it was. And then all the power comes back on. Mm. And they're like, what? So now Cecily looks at his stab and she's like, this is really bad. And takes him to the barcade. Because they're right by it. Puts him on the couch. And she's like, I'm going to go get first aid. She's like, but promise me you're not going to die. Because it would really traumatize me for the rest of my life. And also because I really like you. Aww. And I'm very grateful that you saved my life. So you're not going to die, okay? Mm-hmm. Say okay. 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 And he's like, okay. So she goes in the back to get first aid stuff. Uh, Finn is on the couch. Bad, bad stab, but clearly missed some organs. You know, because he's not like, yeah, 
dying. Yeah. He hears a faint whistle. Mm. He starts following the sound. He goes into the back room where it's coming from, and he trips over a package. And the package Mm. says, fuel injector. It was here. He goes in further. Oh, no. And there's newspaper clippings. Dover teen attacked. And then he goes over and sees that the sound is coming from a phone on the filing cabinet. And next to the phone is a name tag. Mail person, Dave (gasps) Sherman. Oh, no. Cecily is the seventh child. Question 14. What do you do and what does Finn do? (laughs) No! (laughs) The second love of my life is now a werewolf. I know. Why? Okay. Okay. You got to put your hurt feelings aside. We got to be smart here. What are we going to do? All right. Hand in hand. We're going to grab an axe. Mm Mm-hmm. But we're going to play like we don't know. Okay. And we're going to... Um, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna see how she behaves. So we'll protect ourselves with the axe if we need to, but otherwise we're gonna pretend everything's fine and see what she does. Go from there. One point. Fucking brilliant. Pretend nothing's wrong with an axe. What he does he slowly goes back out, and Cecily is just standing there looking at him. Oh, no. And he says, it's you, isn't it? So he calls her out on it right away before grabbing any sort of weapon. And he says, were you even in a punk band? <laughs> and she goes, yeah, I was. And he goes, you just murdered them. Oh, you just ate them. She's like, yeah, I ate them. I ate them. Yeah. And she starts giving the speech, which Finn don't listen to her because she's like, come on. You knew I was too good to be true and roars like a werewolf. And she's like, yeah, werewolves are real. But women who women who read Walden and drink kombucha and get turned on by your Yellowstone Yellowstone Park stories are not. That's not true. That is not fucking true, Finn. You are a fucking I can catch. Jaren, fucking tea that there are women out there that want all of those things. Literally, there are women out there where you are what they have been searching for. of, asking for. So do not listen to Charlotte. where is he? Do not listen to to, to werewolves, Finn. Don't listen to werewolves. Werewolves cannot be trusted. 
But you know, honestly, for all we know, Charlotte's a fucking werewolf. Werewolves are liars. They are. Can't they trust are a werewolf. Lot liar rooms. I want to isolate your dialogue <laughs> from there and just really break down those syllables that came out. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what the word is, but the I knew where you were going. Yeah, like the pun I was... <laughs> I mean, it wasn't what I did wasn't great, but in comparison to the syllables that burst forth from your mouth, it made me. <laughs> I can't wait to isolate that. Okay. Finn is like seeing flashes of it all coming together, right? And he's like, you killed Dave. And she's like, I needed an outfit. Only one male person. It's a districting thing. And he's like, and you ate Chachi. And he's like, and you ate Pete's hand. (laughs) And we see her with crazy eyes in the hallway. Like, so basically it was like she can go real fast in and out of werewolf kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, like, kind of nods her head in reference to eating Pete's hand. She's like, some men do this thing where they put their hand mm. on your lower back. Yeah. No, I mean, he you. deserved to have his hand eaten. I, I'm with her on this yeah. one. Yeah. And she says the same. She just goes, I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. listen, all of the other attacks, inappropriate Murder, all of that stuff, making Finn feel bad, hurting his feelings. I can't get behind any of that. Mm-hmm. Eating Pete's hand? Yeah. Here for I it. I can't find fault. Here for it. it. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. So she then explains, she's like, I tried hunting, but it's exhausting. Beaverfield is perfect. Lots of festering resentments. And then with the whole pipeline drama, all I had to do was plant a dog collar, spread a couple rumors, and everyone else just took care of themselves with their fear, their greed, and their petty nature, and I'm going to eat them all later. And she's like, I, kn- she's like, I knew there would be a snowstorm, but that roadblock, mwah, chef's kiss. And she's like, but you almost blew up my shit. She's like, I tried to turn you into one of them, but you're pathological. And he's like, what's my pathology? And she's like, you're too nice. She's like, you're kumbaya speeches and good gee golly speeches. You're a monster. <laughs> and she's like, a girl's got to eat. She's like, and I got dinner all nice till spring. And then he goes, this, he loses it. Mm. He's like, you're the monster. And he's like, this whole time you've been mocking me for being nice. I, I took this down verbatim because I loved it. But you know what? I got to tell you, I'm a nice person, all right? I'm considerate. I'm compassionate. I care. People want me to change, but there's nothing wrong with me. I'm a nice person who wants to do nice things for other people and have nice people do things for other people, you know? Preach, Ben. And he's like, sorry, I got to tell you, it's fucking okay to be nice. Pardon my language. Yeah, it is. It's effing okay to be nice. Mm-hmm. How's that for, you know, kumbaya bullshit? <laughs> and then I stood up and clapped. Yay! <laughs> and she says, well, in a dog-eat-dog world, you could be nice. 
Or you could be me. And she <laughs> starts turning into a werewolf and he's like, heavens to, oh, fuck. And like starts <laughs> She stands, she's a werewolf, and then she's whacked with a shovel. <gasps> it's Emerson. And Finn says, what are you doing here? And he says, neighbor. Being a good good neighbor neighbor. like Mr. Rogers. Rogers. And Finn just kind of like smiles. And then Cecily Ah. jumps up and attacks him. And they're throwing each other around the barcade. And Cecily kills Emerson Ah. and is looking for Finn who is hiding question number 15 where are you hiding and what do you do, Finn? I am in the axe throwing and I throw it one and a half times into her forehead. Both of you? Hand in hand. Double day. Yes. So he accidentally, so he throws and misses. But he hits the jukebox, which starts playing, I saw the sun. <laughs> and... Throws again, and it misses, and throws again, and it misses. <laughs> so this is why you got the point, because I know this bitch would hit a bullseye, but... That's right. Ben didn't have as much practice, so he misses all of them, and then just goes, balls. And uh, he literally hits everywhere but her, and he even, like, hits a pair of snowshoes off the snowshoes. wall. <laughs> that were, like... He, like, snaps them into splinters. And... Uh, Hits a dartboard and gets a bullseye with the axe <laughs> on the dartboard. Oh, and and she looks at him and or <laughs> hits a bullseye on the dartboard and he just goes, "Hey, good job, me!" And then goes back to like you know trying to get away from her. She runs across the wall, pissed, like does like a run run across the wall and snarls. And he's like, "Okay, shit." She jumps on top of him. He reaches behind him to the broken snowshoe and stabs her in the neck. Yay! She rolls over dead. And then he does the most perfect thing, which is exactly what a person would actually do in this situation. He's laying on the ground in shock and he just goes, What? (laughs) Just being like, what just happened? What just happened to me? <laughs> and he gets up and then he hears moaning. Oh, who? It's Emerson. Emerson. He's alive. And so he helps him up and they're talking and he's like, thanks. You're all right, man. You saved my life. And he's like, uh, Emerson's like, I like what you said about community. And then we see a figure rising behind them as they're talking. And Finn's like, that was really nice. And then they're like, you hungry? Starving. And then they're like, think Janine's still alive to make us a sandwich? And then they laugh sardonically. (laughs) And then Cecily lunges and is shot out of the air with a shotgun. Bye, Janine. Janine's at the door. Wind blowing like a fucking Lori Strode with Parker's rifle. And she says, make your own damn sandwich. (laughs) i love it fucking delightful i love every moment of it all right let me total your points great please do ma'am hi 
guys. Sammies. So we heard a rumor that you're not signed up for our awesome Patreon yet. What? Where are you getting your bone con then? It's cool. It's fine. You can still subscribe. Just hit the link in the show notes or search for us on Patreon. We're right there. We've got all kinds of bone con. That's bonus content. We've got mini-sodes, post-mortems, and Q&As, all live streams, polls, prizes, merch, and just a general smorgasbord of KK Sam. So join us. Or else. Oakley doakley, heavens to Betsy. You did terribly on the dead or alive <laughs> and only got three out of nine. <laughs> but you got 20 out of 30 for your questions, Ooh. girl, which gives you 23 out of 39. Oof. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rough, but not completely fair. No, it was fucking great. Uh, not completely fair. Uh, it was completely fair. Not completely fair because it's just guessing on dead or lives. Oh, guys, I didn't realize that in season two we were going back to this old trope. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> I um, can't help it that I'm great at staying alive and not good on guessing nothingness. Yeah, that's, you're right. You're right. It's uh, it's true. Um, this was so fun. Welcome back to us. This was a great welcome back. I enjoyed every moment of it. Me too. Um, yeah, so join our join our Patreon. Actually, next week we may have some announcements about our Patreon because I haven't even talked to Kim about it yet, so I can't say anything about it right now, but I have some ideas, oh. and uh, you should come join our Patreon. I can't wait for uh, us all to find out. For us all to find out. Um, join our Facebook group, which is so fun, Sammy Stay Alive Maybe. Follow us on uh, KK Sam podcast on instagram and twitter oh my god it has been so long since i did this um and then also we have another podcast with dread called kim and ket survive kim and ket's survive yes i almost did the opening to that the opening of this you did uh so here's the thing we have nine episodes out right now the 10th episode the finale of season one will be coming soon, and it's going to be very exciting, very fun. Our contestants uh, will be coming back to win a thousand doulars. Up to up to a thousand doulars, and then also uh, we're going to be having a season two. So yeah, so go over there and catch up before the finale happens. Yeah, um, and then also listen to this podcast. We've yes, done and if, over uh, welcome back and times. and if. Uh, you haven't already, give us a, a yield five-star review and write one for us because they yes. are helpful. And yes. just, uh, you know, give yourself a high five. Welcome and give, back. I'm going to give myself a high Me five. Too. And I'm going to give you a high five. Me too. Doink. <laughs> um, okay, so this has been Kim and Cut Stay Alive. Maybe. So until next week, stay, stay alive. alive. Brooms. Yep. <laughs> I want to isolate your dialogue <laughs> from there and just really break down those syllables that came out. Ever, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Hey, 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 hey,